I was thinking for the uh, intro, we'll just do uh, Mastered MMA. Mastered <laughs> MMA. Mastered MMA. Mastered MMA. Yeah. And that'll be it. You should have just done that. <laughs> if I wanted. Bonjour, welcome to another episode of Mustard MMA. Thank you very much for joining us. We're here to talk about all things MMA, mainly the UFC. That is the big leagues after all, but we do chuck in a little a few surprises every now and then. My name's Joe, I'm joined by Matthew as well. He's got the full Gareth Bale haircut going on at the moment. He is a Spurs fan as well. Obviously, God has come home, he's, he's in a bit of form and Matt's gone. Matt's gone fully into it. How are you doing? I'm alright, yeah. Um... Yeah, I've Gloves are out there, different gloves, better gloves for that. So, 
I think that's probably probably the issue. Yeah, I mean, how many Joe Rogan experience episodes you're going to have to listen to? We've got to do something about these clubs. It's a lot. We've got to do something about it. And I, I don't know the answer. I don't know if it's the old pride ones. They seem quite good. They have that little curvature over the top. But I'm, I'm not really sort of uh, sticking my neck out saying that. I think that's been the case for a long, long time. I don't know why they haven't done something about it. But more to the point, with back to the fight, I saw a lot of people actually afterwards say how unlucky Leon Edwards is, and he is. He is really unlucky. He's had multiple fights pull out. Obviously, the COVID situation hasn't fallen over a year and a half. Comes in, looks fucking fantastic in that first round, and then that happens. But I thought afterwards, I thought surely the, the primary concern should be for Lama Hammy. He obviously he, he nearly lost an eye, it looked like. I mean, it was harrowing to watch. I was sitting there watching it with my girlfriend. She was like, oh, you've got to turn that off. I can't watch this. <laughs> it was just harrowing to watch, and it's like, Hearing a man howl in an empty arena like that, but all thoughts and discussions of who fights for the title next and who's going to fight who, it completely dissipated for me because I didn't really care. I just wanted to see Hope Mohammed was all right. Where do we go with Edwards next then? I guess the rematch probably makes sense. Like I say, I do think, as we both said, I do think Leon Edwards looked very good at the start and I think he'd probably win and I think he would have won that fight as well. So... Obviously, Edwards has come out and kind of called for a title shot and stuff like that. And I can see where he's coming from because you can probably take away that he's going to win this fight. Obviously, nothing's kind of given, is it? But if you're Bilal Mohammed, you're well within your rights to not demand a rematch, but suggest that you should get that rematch because it's not fair. Obviously, is it? He will argue, well, there was plenty of time left in that fight. And, and rightly so. So I guess the rematch is fair. Edwards probably, I guess, it probably probably going to have to take it. If you think about some of the fights that he's apparently turned down over the last 18 months or some of them that have fallen through, your hand's probably going to be forced a little bit here, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is unlucky again, though, to be fair, that he's, he's taken this fight and he's given Bilal the opportunity and now he's almost sort of bound to the rematch, isn't he? It, it, it but, is, I think. But I think... What with Belal's injury, you don't know how long he's going to be out for. They're not going to muck around with injuries. By all accounts, I think he's actually okay. He's looking to be no further damage, which is great, obviously. But I don't think... I think Leon's ready to go now, isn't he, surely? Oh, big so, so I think he would be ready to get back in there before Belal Mohammed. And I think beating him doesn't really do anything for him. What we've, has transpired in the welterweight division, the announcement of who's fighting next and stuff. He needs to get in there fighting a top-ranked opponent and quickly. The whole idea of the Belal Mohammed fight was to just get back in there by any means necessary. He's done that, obviously, a ridiculous ending, one we couldn't have envisaged, but I think he needs to get back in there and fight a number one contender as soon as possible, and I think the man is Wonderboy. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense. No one else wants to fight him, and he's, what, he's ranked number four, is he? Three or four? Something like that, so... He's up in that He's up in that cluster. Yeah. He's up there. So you might as well, I think you, I think you might as well. you got to fight, you got to do something, because as you, as you say, a title fight isn't there at the moment, so... Nobody's really satisfied with that with that outcome. Unfortunately, I, I'm sure I'm sure more, no no one more so than Leon himself. But it was a shame, to be honest. Overall, I was really excited for that one. I was looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, it's just 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 a bit of a madness, isn't it? The last couple of weeks with some of the endings to these fights. Speaking of which, <laughs> your boy, the dentist. That's it, the man, the man. Uh, he, he normally does a bit of drilling himself, but he, he got drilled with uh, another <laughs> illegal knee. Joseph, one week on from last week's debacle, uh, talk me through it. I mean, Eric Anders, everyone, you've seen, you've seen the the fights last week. We've all seen them. Petty Ann lost his world title, no less. 
but we've had, we've had a legal knee to a bloke on the floor. Just absolute madness. We've all seen it. It's been the top topic of discussion all week, every day, non-stop. And Eric Anders comes out. To be fair, Stewart started well. I did think he started well. Landed some good shots. Eric Anders came back really strong. Pretty much beat the shit out of him. Fight could have been stopped on another day, I would have thought. Ref let it go. Darren Stewart hung on. And then, yeah, just up against the cage. Eric Anders, here you go. Here's the exact same knee that I saw last week. <laughs> yeah. I did think watching it, like, what, what is going on in your head there? Have you, you been under a rock for the last eight days? But not only that, he nearly he tried to do it about a minute before. He didn't quite get it then, so he thought, no, hold on, let me have another go. Uh, and he did it again. Um, yeah, don't know. A bit of a lucky escape for Stuart. Like you said, I thought he did start well. I think he just sort of got dragged a little bit too much into a firefight which I don't think should have no, really I mean, been he just what set, he wanted to do. He settled up against the cage, didn't he? I think he cracked him. I think he probably listened to the podcast last week where we were talking about Darren Stewart's probably too good for Eric Anders and he's probably going to walk through him. And I think once he hit him hard a couple of times early on and he thought, yeah, do you know what? The lads were right. And he just kind of stood there up against the cage for some reason. And, you know, I guess he got clipped at some point and that maybe took his bearings away from him a little bit. But I did think it was a little bit odd. Probably a little bit of a learning lesson. Well, it was much like the the Till Masvidal, wasn't it? He, he had some success early and then just went headhunting thereafter and was just too sort of open, I suppose. Obviously, I'm no expert, but yeah, I think that's what happened. Got into a bit of a firefight and then Anders just took control because he hurt him a lot. And he probably had a bit of a... I mean, I don't think Stuart will take much solace in it, but I think he's had a bit of a um, get-out-of-jail-free card there with that knee because it was probably looking only... Only one way, and that's an L. What I'm surprised with is the commentary are not up to speed, any of them, <laughs> on the rules. One week after one of the most topical <laughs> yeah. knees of all times. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe it's because he had no intent or something. I don't know. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. they didn't have a clue. But, but I liked them. I thought they were a bit better than last week. But I was shocked that none of them know the rules still. Yeah, I mean, that was a strange one. And again, difficult to see what you do with those. Not, not the result Darren Stewart wanted. When you think about Think about who Kevin Holland is is fighting and what he's doing next week. And... <laughs> a world away, but Shame. you've got to run that back. Yeah, got to be a run range. that one back. Definitely, I think there's no argument in that. And it's, it's a little bit lower down the rankings in it. So yeah, run it back. I'm sure they both want to. But uh, another Brit, Joe. No controversy here whatsoever. No dispute in the ending here. Your man, Davy Grant, 35 years of age, doing it for the older lads. Bantamweight as well. Incredible knockout win. Talk me through it. Brilliant, wasn't it? So, three Brits on the card. This one, David Grant, probably looking at a tough fight against Jonathan Martinez. You're thinking this might be the one that doesn't go our way. David Grant makes it three, and three, three wins on the bounce now. Cracking little win. Martinez is a tough opponent. We've seen him not too long ago. He's been fighting during, during this pandemic that's been going on. And it was just cracking, wasn't it? I thought he looked pretty comfortable, really, for the, for the most part. And to, to come through with a knockout, I don't think he's particularly known for it. Just crack it, and he puts himself, you know, in frame for a nice little run, a nice little end to his career now. Potentially one more win. That's four on the bounce. You, you kind of you kind of doing big things, looking to get yourself on big cards. Might even get himself a nice little contract renewal towards the end of his career, which is happy days. Seems like a fantastic bloke as well. He had a, a cracking little post post fight interview. He was over the moon. That was very endearing. And I believe he's on the Michael Bisping podcast this week as well as a little guest. So I'm going to get stuck into that later as well. And I, I suggest all of you do after you listen. 
two hours, of course. Of course, of course. You got you got to get your BYM shout out in there somewhere, in you, Joe? And, and there it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah, I fell a little bit in love with Davy Grant in that post-fight interview. I've got to say, um, I think I was as much enjoying DC trying to understand the Geordie accent as well. He's doing the old nod and smile. He's like, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, was good. You carry on, son. But yeah, what an end, like you said, uh, a cracking end to his career. He's been one of those who's sort of been floating around, was always on the prelims or the pre-prelims. Uh, you even wonder if, if he was even still with the UFC at times because he weren't on like the, the televised prelims. Um, now he's on the main card and he's getting, what was it he said, three wins in a row? So. It's his back-to-back knockout wins as well. So... Yeah, and he's calling for a ranked opponent, so I think there's some there's plenty of options there. We know Bantamweight's full of killers. Will he make a title run? It's probably unlikely, but might you never the, know. Stranger things have happened, mate. Might be the Bantamweight Jan Blahovic. He might be. Could he's be. only warming up at 35. Exactly. He's still waiting for me yet. Could be. Yeah, decent little card, I thought. Some good fights on there. Obviously, uh, those, two, those two earlier that we mentioned didn't really pan out that great, did they? But Dan Ige, fantastic win against Gavin Tucker, who's been on fire lately. Just just crazy power on it. Beautiful knockout. And he called out the Korean zombie afterwards. So that'd be a nice little fight there. Yeah, that's just fireworks, isn't it? Danny Gay, when was the last time he was in a boring fight? I can't remember. Um, this was perfect for me as well. Pl- plenty of early finishes. As uh, I was, I was uh, settled up by 9am. How many uh, <laughs> early finishes there? Ryan Spann as yeah. well. He got yeah. it done early. So, yeah, some cracking fights um, on that main card as well. And, and your girl, Angela Hill, getting it done as well. Yeah, Ryan Spann kind of dispatched of Misha Serkinov, really, didn't he? Put done a number on him, really. That was that was pretty impressive. Serkinov, he's a tough character. He's got got a lot, lot of experience, but good win for Brian 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 Ryan Spann and Angela Hill, just a fantastic character. I do I do like her. Good win. She'll probably be knocking about those sort of number one contender fights as well now. So good card in all round. I did enjoy that one. Obviously, left a little bit of a sour taste in the mouth towards the end though. Anticlimactic. I think's the uh, the word in it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. A double-barrelled word, whatever you'd call it. I reckon after all that, after all that uh, goings on, we should move on to the news this week, Matt. And I, just to warn everyone, it is absolutely chock a block. Chocks away, son. Hit me up. <laughs> First thing we are going to get into is a fight that's been called off. And it's a cracking fight. It's a good one that we we're all looking forward to. I think it was still about six weeks away, wasn't it? Isn't it? So, and it is your man Paolo Costa, the the wino that he is himself, Paolo Costa. <laughs> he's out the Whitaker fight because he's unwell. He's gone on a right bender. He, he's having a hangover of all hangovers. He's been up for seven days, and he's given Dana a call. He says, "I'm unwell. I can't do it." So he's out of the Whitaker fight, and it's a shame, really, because that was a good fight. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? All these little things coming out about Costa. Um, yeah, it's just odd. This is a very odd sort of scenario to be in. He's a bit unwell. I don't know. It, flu can be bad, though, Joe. Flu can be really, really bad. So um, I'm sure he's not pulling out. But you've got to remember, this is the one where he wanted to push it back an extra week. or oh, didn't want to budge a week, didn't he? Yeah, With the yeah. scheduling. And then the old wine to wine talk coming out before he had a Sanya fight. It's just, it's just giving another stick to beat him with, with, uh, with trolls, doesn't it? And... You are the number one troll, so beat you with that stick, son. Who's going to jump in and face uh, old Bobby Knuckles then? It is a good question. Perhaps you're looking at someone fighting this weekend. You've got the main event, Brunson against Holland. Winner of that is probably going to call him out, I would have thought. And I think if Kevin Holland wins, no disrespect to Brunson, Kevin Holland may well get it. Other than that, I mean, you're probably looking at an outsider, I think, aren't you? 
Darren Till first is um he's got a fight scheduled, doesn't he, against Vittori. Are they gonna pull one of those guys out? Maybe. Probably not. So I think you're gonna probably be looking at a similar situation to what we've seen throughout this whole pandemic year and a bit, and that is someone coming from outside, outside the box a little bit, getting an opportunity on semi short notice. And maybe it going down that route. So I think that's probably most likely because I don't think there's too many in the top sort of rank because this was going to be a number one contender fight, wasn't it? I don't think there's too many really obvious ones that are going to be able to step in and, and, and take that on. Yeah, I think there's only sort of one real option there, bar Holland, if he gets gets the win this weekend. I think Kelvin Gastelum, he, he was always on on notice for this one. He said, I want the winner or the winner or if someone drops out, I want to slot in there. And obviously we had that bit of uh, Gastelum a couple of years ago, Paul. So, uh, but hopefully they make that one because I think Whitaker's because I think it's obviously going to till this title shot if he gets past Vittori. So, Whitaker's got to get them fights in. Um, he's clearly the number one contender. We know how the UFC works. Whereas <laughs> the I think he's going to probably generate some more money. So, yeah, gasoline for me. But um, there's some other cracking fights as well, Joe, and other Aussie as well. I see Anthony Smith is up against Jim Crew, who's on an absolute roll in that light heavyweight division. And then Smith looking to turn things around, perhaps a little bit. Crook maybe on a bit more of an upward trajectory. And he has looked good. Maybe he's maturing. He's been around for a little while now, hasn't he? So he seems to be settling into it. That is April the 24th. So that's going to be a little cracker. And potentially, potentially you've got Glover making a step up to fight for the title next. Smith and Crook, winner of that, might not be too far away. You like old Crooty boy, don't you? I do. The Crouton. <laughs> the Crouton. Great little nickname for him. <laughs> He, he's nicknamed after a little bit of bread you put on your soup. <laughs> Terrifying. But well, with the light heavyweights, uh, it's, it's always up in the air, it seems, the light heavyweights for the last couple of years, as is the lightweights, Joe. It's, it's all kicking off there as well. Tony Ferguson has got probably the sort of fight that you were looking to get, maybe just one a little bit of lo- little bit below that top four or five, and that is Benil, Benil Dariush, who himself has been on an absolute roll and has probably deserved a fight like this for a little while now. We talked about how underrated he was sort of before his previous fight, his last fight, and he's kind of put that to bed now, hasn't he? So this is a cracker. It's like I say, it's it's a good opportunity for Tony Ferguson because in theory, Dariush hasn't been quite at the level of the opponents that Ferguson has been used to of late. But on the role that Dariush has been on, and with the game that you know he's got and the experience that you know he's collected now at USC two six two on a big pay per view, it's going to be a Really, really good fight, and I'm interested to see who comes out on top. Yeah, neither are really in a bad fight, are they? Darius has called for higher-level opponents for a long while. Like you say, Ferguson on a bit of a skid at the minute. It's perfect matchmaking. Uh, Ferguson, I think, might be in a little bit of danger. He hasn't looked himself last two fights, has he? He's, he's not getting any younger. And Darius, on the flip side, looked pretty unstoppable, particularly in that last performance. So looking forward to that one. It's always good to see a bit of new blood in that top. Well, because what, if Darius wins, he'll be in the what top six, five? something like that. So uh, it's always interesting to see a cat thrown amongst the pigeons like that. Um, also, you've got in there, Joe, a little bit higher up in the rankings, Gaethje versus Chandler. Uh, what is this, a number one contender fight? You would have thought so, wouldn't you? I mean, it, it depends what they're doing. They want to, there's, I don't know, is Connor going to get the rematch for the title? Probably, I guess. Both men want it. It's probably a good little earner for everyone involved. So if you're going to be fair, after Chandler's performance in his last one, absolutely sparking Dan Hooker in the first round, Gaethje, had his go at Khabib. He's only really one fight removed from that. One big win. He could be back in there. Got to be a little uh, number one contender fight, I would have thought. 
it's only in the works, isn't it, at the moment. I don't think we've got confirmation as of right this second. But in theory, you look, you're looking at fight of the year, year aren't you? I would favour Gaethje because, again, before the Chandler fight, we were saying, you know, we haven't seen too much of him. It was difficult to make a judgment. Came out, smashed it in the first round. Fair play. But still, on the balance of everything I've seen, Gaethje's done it in that, at that level for a little bit longer. He's got to the top, lost to Khabib, as has everyone else. So I would favour Gaethje in this one, but fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you, Joe. I think I favour Gaethje as well. I don't know the wrestling credentials of either. Uh, it's not really my thing. I don't know what university is better than which university <laughs> and all that carry on. Um, but what I do know is that Gaethje, you're not going to knock out one punch like you did with Dan Hooker. So um, I think he's probably a little bit more durable. You're going to have to wear him down. And I, I've them two minutes or whatever it was is all I've seen of Chandler, really, of late at least. So I'd have to go with Gaethje, but it's a cracking fight nonetheless. It's good to see him getting the lightweight division going. No idea what's happening with Khabib, but... Going up the division, welterweights, we've got the title fight announced. We did mention it earlier. Kamaro Usman, us man up against Masvidal. Two, duh. That's on April the 24th as well. So, been made pretty quickly. They ain't got too long to prepare. What they got, maybe six weeks, five, six weeks to get ready for it. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, Matthew. I'll go first. I'm not, I'm not overly buzzing. I guess the theory now is that Masvidal is going to get a full camp, which is fair. It can make a difference. Uh, but I do think there was quite a big gap there in that first fight between Usman and Masvidal. Usman has only looked better in his fight since then against Gilbert Burns. Is a full camp for Masvidal enough to close that gap? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, back to the point of, uh, is it what I want to see? I don't think it's for the right fight to make, really. I don't think it makes too much sense. He won pretty handily, right? Uh, he hasn't won a comeback fight, Masvidal, as of yet, and... Usman's gone on and beat Gilbert Burns, a surging Gilbert Burns. Usman might do a little bit differently, though, this time. I mean, surely he's not going to just go in there and wrestle him because he got a bit of flack for that before. Surely he's going to go out there to try and make a point and put a stamp on it and try and knock out uh, Masvidal standing. Do you think that could be into Usman's thinking a little bit? I mean, I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I heavily fancy Usman either way, whether he chooses to stand with him or to take him to the ground. I think he's just an all-round better fire. I was foolish, I think, to back Burns against Usman after seeing the performance. Yes, Burns did drop him, so Masvidal could do the same. I just think Usman's probably a truer welterweight. I think he's just uh, just an all-round better fire, really. Um, I do think they were probably looking to make the Edwards fight, but obviously this couldn't do that after this weekend. So they probably just thrown a load of money at Masvidal and said, off you go, let's have it. <laughs> yeah, and I would like to see a better performance from Masvidal. I'd like to see a better fight. I'd like to... Like, if we're saying that that was Masvidal at maybe 70-80% or whatever, then I'd like to see it at 100%. Masvidal, it's been great to see sort of the latter end of his career in the last few years and to see what he's achieved has been a fantastic story. So I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it be more competitive. We'll, just, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've got to hope it is uh, more competitive, particularly. There's no excuses now for Masvidal. He's got the full camp. Um, they'll play up that narrative. They'll say only six days notice or whatever. So no excuses this time round. I expect to see fireworks. And it's on a uh, card. You've got them two um, tight fights underneath it, Joe Wiley's Yang and your your girl Rose. You've been looking forward to that one for a while, haven't you? Thug Rose, my favourite. Thug Rose, your fave. And also underneath that, you've got Valentina and uh, Andrade. Uh, all in front of fans as well. It's in Flow Rider front of what is it 15,000 fans or something so going to be an occasion and, and an half yeah and a fantastic showcase for women's USC mixed martial arts as well so that'd be fantastic and I think on that note Matthew that takes us on to the entertainment section of the news sponsored as always by your girl Lorraine Kelly 
Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Lorraine. We've got some news. You've got some gossip that, that we're going to break down. First one we're going to get into is Matt Sarah and the kind of fallout since the Aljamain Sterling fight. And I have to admit, I didn't even really notice at the time. And shame on me because they are usually a great corner pairing, the two of them. But Matt Sarah wasn't in the corner alongside Ray Leongo for Sterling's fight. And, uh, you know, there's been a bit of back and forth since then. Sarah came out and said he was a bit surprised. He was hurt. And because of that, he said he's not going to corner Aljamain Sterling again. And it's a shame. It's, you know, it's not nice to see. I'm sure they've been through a lot. And Sarah's helped him tremendously throughout his career. And he's a great character. I do like seeing him in the corner, giving it large to his fighters. It's always a laugh. So how do you feel about this one? It's a, it's a shame, really, isn't it? It's kind of, um, you know, not a great story. A tale of, of, two, of two lads, a role model, a mentor, and the young, the young Padawan. And, and they've had a falling out. It's, it's all going a bit Star Wars. The uh, tale of two lads, like that. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? From uh, our perspective, it's a, it's, it is a shame that it's one of the most entertaining corners of all time. Two New Yorkers just shouting at another New Yorker, so it's it's brilliant to watch. But I, I think it's just a case of Al Jermaine's moved on. He lives in Vegas now, doesn't he? As a new coach, I think Sarah's a bit perturbed by that. Obviously, Longo's his head coach. Um, but he, there's only so many coaches you can have in there. So I think he has to go with his current crop in Vegas. Um, I read actually what Sarah said, and he was uh, saying that he don't really mind not being in the corner, but he just left him hanging. Apparently he left him hanging until like the last knockings and he, he don't hold any grudges, don't hold anything against him, but he would have done things differently. So I think it's just a little case of that. I don't think there was any intent made, uh, any bad intent. That's fair. Um, I think it's just one of those cases. Uh, if the shoe was on the other foot, he might have acted a little bit differently. Um, but I've, I would expect the, the relationship's probably been uh, downed even further by him making that announcement on a podcast. <laughs> Talk, uh, talking of coaches, we've got another one who's been in the news this week. I think it was on, uh, was he on Beatsport, one of USC, BT Sport, YouTube, John Kavanagh, talking about Conor McGregor and his last performance against Dustin Poirier. We're not here to, to, to get on at anyone, at anyone, but we can get into... A couple of the strange comments I thought a little bit. He's speaking about how, you know, for the next fight, they need to kind of figure out these calf kicks and learn how to defend them. And um, he was, you know, saying they got a little bit too boxing heavy for the last fight because there was the Pacquiao talk. And, you know, I get it. They kind of make sense. But, I mean, one, calf kicks. You probably should have tried to figure them out first. I mean, you are Conor McGregor, SBG, John Kavanagh. You know, top top guys in the world of of MMA. Too much boxing preparation. I mean, well, you're signed to fight a mixed martial arts fight, so you know the, I, I kind of get where he's coming from. But to me, there it's a little bit a little bit too much, too late, or not enough, too late. You know, I would expect better. Let's put it that way from some of the, the preeminent figures in the sport. Yeah, it's sort of it's a little bit like ah, we we got to figure out it. These these damn takedowns. Pes- we figure them out. <laughs> these pesky right hooks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird, isn't it? Because it's like it's almost like been living under a rock for like a year or two, where they become like a prominent weapon, which everyone knows about. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, ah, oh, these pesky men another move, but I think I've killed the joke. Now. <laughs> but I, I I went into watching that video. You sent me the link, and I thought. I've always been a bit down on John Cameron because I think he's always trying to scope for fights that they really shouldn't be going for. So I went in there with a sort of 
with the wrong mindset. And I listened to him. I actually uh, agree with a lot of what, what he was saying. He was quite, he was like Nick Pate, I think, said something like, without all the hoopla before the fight and things like that, uh, is that affecting McGregor? He's like, yeah, it affected him, but not enough to change the fight. So he was quite um, level with his responses and stuff, So which I, I just, which I did like. But I think it is a bit alarming that they weren't expecting any calf kicks and they're trying to fix them in within the space of a couple of months, which might work, a couple of tweaks and stuff. But I, I really don't think it will change the outcome of the fight at all. Um, if they did rematch in the summer. But I think it's going to happen. I'm intrigued to see it happen. And it'll be a massive fight, whatever happens. So, Yeah, yeah. You... Just to be fair to him, he was, it was all in jest, wasn't it? He had a smile on his face. I don't think he was being too serious about making like serious excuses. So fair play to him. They usually are good in that aspect. Just to give him a bit, a bit of credit. They never usually... They're not, they're not sore losers. Connor's... He's, oh, they handle it excellently. Yeah. They're, they're, they are the gold standard for the handling losses. Adesanya did it the other day. I think that's the mark of a true champion. Obviously, you get the people like, um, who sort of shy away from that. You've seen Ronda Rousey just sort of not be able to take the loss. But Conor McGregor, the complete flip side of that, takes it superbly like a man. And he always comes back stronger, which is what's going to make it even more interesting when he does fight him. And we got a little bit of boxing news. Apparently, the Anthony Joshua versus, versus Tyson Fury fight has been... Signed, some sort of contract has been signed and agreed. They just need to sort out a date and a venue. I think Frank Warren came out today and kind of said, well, you know, that is still quite far off from being done. These are quite important things that need to be agreed. Like, where are you going to do it, I guess? So, either way, though, I'm pretty excited. It's about time, I think. We are kind of boxing fans. We're more concerned with uh, MMA and that. But I do like your boxing. And how can you not like two British heavyweight champions going up against it to unify the heavyweight division of the world? It's superb, isn't it? So hopefully they can get this one done. I think I think most people are probably favouring Fury after his last couple of performances. But, you know, this is always a little bit of an issue with boxing, isn't it? Trying to get these fights done. I guess particularly now, these two, they're sort of trying to corner the same market as well. So they're, they're rivals in lots of in lots of ways inside the ring and outside the ring. Hopefully we can get this one done, though. Yeah, it's only taken five years. So <laughs> uh, good to get it done before double figures. But I can't wait. Yeah, buzzing for it. I've always sort of favoured AJ um, Fury in the fight. But I thought AJ looked all right in his last one as well. So, yeah, I'm not a massive boxing aficionado. But buzzing for it. It's, it's brilliant. It's two British heavyweights. Oh, yeah. It's been a, I haven't had heavyweight division like this for, for years. Uh, so over the last couple of years, it's been fantastic. Obviously, you've got Chisora and you've got Povetkin and White uh, incoming as well. So, yeah, it's in a very, really good shape, uh, British boxing scene. Where's it going to be, Joe? It's, it's going to piss everyone off when it's in uh, Saudi Arabia and Dubai, both fights, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's probably where it will be. It's where the money's at, isn't it? So, you, can, you can't blame them, but I, you know, I'd be a bit gutted. I don't know if I'd, like, I'd even go. Watching, because I went to, I've been to a cut, I went to Lomachenko against Luke Campbell. Uh, the O2 that was so not even like a massive football stadium where they do these bad boys and you know it is tough it is tough sitting all that way away can't see uh, shit can't see you can't see nothing can you nothing to do with the Jaeger bombs then (laughs) well it's (laughs) 50-50 but nonetheless gun to your head Joe AJ or Fury Fury I'd say Fury on that and all Cracking note, at least we've got some kind of sign that it's actually happening. So hopefully we can see at least one of those this year. Um, hopefully as well, Wembley, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, one of one of the big stadiums in uh, England for at least one of them. So yeah, buzzing for that. And that wraps up this week's news. 
Another UFC card this week, Matthew. They're well into it. We ain't had a little break for a, a while now. I certainly am not complaining. We mentioned the main event earlier on. It's uh, again, it's one of those little uh, builder filler cards, if you like, where they're trying to push talent through. So, not a ton of names, but some very excellent matchups on there. Main event is a good one. Derek Brunson on a, a free fight win streak, including Shabazian, who was very hyped, and Ian Harnish, who was a cracking fight as well, up against your man, Kevin Holland. And we've all seen what he's done recently. Knocked out Yash Jacare from his knees in his last fight, which was extremely impressive, to say the least. So, this is actually a fantastic main event. The winner will most likely call out Whitaker or Adesanya or both and try and get that title shot, have a little go. And probably rightly so for both men, really. Brunson, three in a row, took took care of one of your kind of hot prospects in his last fight. So he's doing very well. Kevin Holland, in a way, this might be his toughest fight to date. Jacare is definitely his biggest name. Darren Stewart is certainly a tough fight as well. But Derek Brunson, with his experience, where he's been, and the run that he's on at the moment could very well pose a big problem to your man, Kevin. Yeah, I think Brunson's one of those who's it's just a perennial gatekeeper, isn't he? He's fed these so-called top contenders or mooted top contenders and say, if you can get through him, you're, you're the Arlovsky in the middleweight division. If you can get through you, you're going to go on to bigger things. So we've seen it with Adesanya, Whitaker, but we've also seen it with, like you said, uh, Edmund Shabazian. I don't think we've even seen him since, have we? Since he put a bit of a bit of a beating on him as well, pretty brutal uh, over a prolonged period as well. It weren't a flash knockout or anything. So, yeah, I think it's a, I think, I think you nailed it. I think uh, Jack Ray's most certainly his biggest name, but is he a little bit past his sell-by date? I'll probably say so. He's a little bit older, so I think um, a prime Brunson is the perfect matchup for Holland to see where he's at and how far he can actually go. The fight itself, I think it's hard to call. I think Holland's had some big wins. Jack Ray, as obviously we've mentioned, the, the Stuart one was very, very close, as you seem uh, to mention every single week on this show. Of and we will not let up on that either, I don't yeah, think. Got, I think we might even have to got to keep have it as a weekly little thing <laughs> and your face is frozen hilariously. Yeah? Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say there, but I think Brunson's just fought better competition. I think we might see Brunson uh, derail the Holland hype train a little bit here. I think he, he's he's done it before against probably fighters who may be a little bit better than Holland. So um, I would not be surprised if uh, Brunson puts him, uh, stops in his tracks. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, this one, definitely. It's quite, of a, it's quite an exciting fight, really. It's a little bit of a little bit of a sleeper. You kind of look at it, Brunson, Holland, yeah, all right. But really, one, one man could throw the cat amongst the pigeons in the top of that division there. So, yeah, like I say, if I had to pick, you know, I'm not sure. If I had to pick... You do have to pick. You do have to pick. Right, well... Not if you have to pick. I'd probably go Kevin Holland. Despite, despite everything I've said there, we know Brunson... Talk about him. We know, yeah, we know Brunson can be beat. We've seen it at a certain level. And potentially Holland is at that level. You've got to take, you do have to take that Jacare fight and the finish, the way he done it. You do have to take that into account. And it is still Jacare, despite him being at the latter end of his career. So... If I have to pick, which I do, I would still go with Kevin Holland, but I think it's a lot tighter than people might first think. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. I think the thing with Holland, he's just going to be brimming with confidence, isn't he? Of course. That's what he's going to be bringing into that. And he showed it in the Jacarade fight, and he's just so active. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting one. Joe, you must be buzzing for this. Your man. I'm doing his haircut just for you. <laughs> you Gregor Gillespie returns. <laughs> Gregor Gillespie, first time since November 2019 since that head kick KO loss to Kevin Lee 
which was brutal. Fantastic for Kevin Lee, but absolutely brutal for Gillespie. He was on a tear since then. He was like a US Khabib almost, weren't he? Just absolutely running through people with his wrestling. And I liked it. I liked, he was he was aggressive with it. It was good to watch. And Kevin Lee derailed that quite a bit. So I'm very excited to see Gillespie back. He's took, he's took a long, long time off. You would think he's fully re- recovered over it, worked on the holes. I mean, I guess if you get hit with a leg hit kind of off the bat, so to speak, I don't know what that says about how many holes there are in your game. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe there are. I guess you could not get hit in the head with a leg kick. So there is that to work on. But never, it would help, it? Yeah, it, it certainly will help. So he's back. He's back. I'm excited. Hopefully he can get over that, get over that little bump in the road and go on a nice little run again. Because I think, well, can you imagine a, a Gillespie-Makachev fight for the title for some for, for number one contender up up at the top that'd be fantastic to see so he's up against Brad Rydell who's coming out of Australia I think might be a Kiwi great little prospect I think he's 8-1 and 9-1 and one, something like that 1-6 in a row lost one early on he's won three in the UFC a couple of KOs wins as well I believe a couple of finishes certainly so tough little one for Gillespie they obviously fancy Brad Rydell they're giving him a tough one as well kind of four fights in so I think this is, again, a little bit of a sleeper, but I'm very, very intrigued about both lads in this one. Yeah, I don't think I could put it any better than you just did there, Joe. I'm very intrigued myself. Um, I think it's one of those where it's a prospect versus prospect. I think Gillespie's sort of gone back down to that prospect sort of level, been out of the game for about a year or whatever. And the winner will just go on to the top 15 from here. So, yeah, very intrigued with that one. Yeah, so two, two absolute standout fights for me up there. As I say, we'll have to bring this one to a close, Matthew. It's been a fantastic, fantastic little week again. But Taito Avassa, he's back. He's up against Dontale Mays in the heavyweight division. So hopefully Taito Avassa, great great character, got a lot of potential. Just needs to tighten his game up a little bit. So it'd be good to see him get a nice nice win there. And you've got some other good fights on there. You had a couple you wanted to shout out? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Grant Dawson come back. I think he's uh, a, a great prospect himself fighting Leonardo Santos. 16 Dahls, one. Uh, 16 and 1, eh? Great record. You ain't mucking around. You ain't mucking around. Keep your eye out for Grant Dawson the weekend. Trevor Giles, Roman Delidze, and that's a great fight. That's that's on the prelims. Fantastic fight. And uh, everyone's favourite bantamweight, Montel Jackson. He's got massive hands from my recollection. I remember the commentary talking about the size of his gloves, and he's a uh, and he's a bantamweight. So I bet you bet your bottom dollar they mention his big gloves this weekend. So keep your ears open for that one. Absolutely, they're going to ride with that throughout his whole career, aren't they? So. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Roman Delizzi, 8-0, unbeaten. Looked uh, looked like a bit of a monster in his last few fights, hasn't he? So, great little card. Again, lots of uh, lots of lesser names, if you can, if I may. Making a name for themselves this weekend, I, I expect to see. They always turn it on, didn't they, these cards? Absolutely. So, that wraps up this week, Matthew. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Do check us out on social media, Twitter, Mustard MMA, Instagram, at the Mustard MMA. Give us a follow. Like some, like, like some of our stuff that helps our engagements and things like that. Find out your podcast, wherever you're listening to it at the moment. We're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. So if that suits you better, go and listen to it there. Again, if you can, subscribe, like, follow, five stars on iTunes. All those good things just to help our engagements going. Tell your friends as well. Get everyone involved. Get involved with the conversation. And uh, we will be back next week to review this bad boy. Thanks, my son. All right. Later, everyone. Bye.